0: Welcome to Heart Health Radio with Board Certified Cardiologist and Internal Medicine Specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall.
1: Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio. Oh, oh, oh. HeartHealthRadio.com. Heart Health Radio.
0: Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. We are uh, here to chew gum and to do great medical radio. And we're all out of a gum. At the same time? At the same time. There's no gum. I so, used
1: to chew a lot of gum. Did you really? I, I And then for some reason I quit. I did the nicotine gum for a while, but yeah. it tasted bad, so I mixed it with the juicy fruit. But now, the nicotine gum actually tastes pretty good. I'm really? going to go back to it.
0: I would think that nicotine gum has got to be better tasting than, say, for instance, a cigarette.
1: Uh, no. No, it's not. No, okay. no, all those smokers out there, you <laughs> yeah. know how it's pleasurable just- smoking is. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, sure. And it's yeah. pleasurable not – I mean, okay, here's the difference between a vape yeah. and a cigarette. It's the warmth and it's okay. the texture – and it's the way it
0: feels in your life. I mean, I'm sorry. Now, don't smoke. No, don't do smoke. Do not do what I do. So our but, plan for the first 10 minutes of the show was to, number one, tell how good it is to smoke.
1: No. And then – It's how hard it is to quit. All right. Yeah, and you're this right. This is the number one problem with physicians yeah. is that they don't smoke, although they used to. In the 50s, doctors used to advertise cigarettes. Sure, But what it is now is they don't know how hard it is okay? So they say, oh, okay, quit smoking. What do you mean you haven't quit smoking? And then you know what they say? Yeah. If you don't quit smoking, I'm not going to be your doctor anymore. Uh, I mean, come on. Have a little milk uh, or smoke of human kindness, Yes. you know, and just understand
0: how hard (laughs) it is to quit. My my doctor for years tried to get me to give up eating a lot. (laughs) I'm like, Doc, you're kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. Listen, we've got articles sitting here, but we also have the telephone sitting here yes. for the moment vacant. 919-860-9783. Call right now. Get yourself on the radio and get some advice. Mostly going to all the advice today going to end with talk to your doctor. Yes. Heart symptoms only women get according to some sort of online yeah, article. Yeah, it was a pretty a pretty
1: uh, big content not so much for a distributed article. Yeah, and the symptoms are great. But the story that it's only in women, I want to totally
0: disavow. Okay. How long should one biological process take? And we'll talk, (laughs) you know, depends on whether there's stuff on the internet.
1: (laughs) Somebody told me the other day we've got to start talking about more common problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, this is a fantastic solution, these are fantastic solutions to a very common problem.
0: Okay. And Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News coming up later on the program. What are we going to start with? Well,
1: okay, so there is a a idea that women are different from men when it comes to heart disease. And I will go along with that. I will say this, when you look into a medical textbook, you know, the number one cardiology textbook, and they'll say, what are the symptoms of a heart attack? And they'll say, mid-sternal chest discomfort, sometimes radiating to the shoulder and to the left jaw with shortness of breath and diaphoresis, which means sweating. Now, can I tell you the number of times my patients have said those things? (laughs) Well, probably about five, and most of them yeah they were faking their symptoms, having read it on Google. so the the typical thing is not typical. Yeah. it's very, very untypical. So you know, mid sternal chest pain, and, and the other problem is the patients will tell ta- it's not pain, doc. Yeah. You know, pain is a cut, pain is a broken arm. Oh I know, so pain. the word yeah. I use when I talk to my patients is, have you had any tightness, heaviness, pressure or discomfort in your chest or around there? And that pretty much covers 85% of the way people do present. Now, women sometimes present with classical symptoms, but more often than not, their symptoms are what we say are atypical. Now, the good news about this article is that it talks about symptoms, and, and I agree that these are good symptoms to recognize. If you think you may be having a heart attack, sweating, okay, yeah. the medical term for that is diaphoresis. Oh, yeah, all the time. All right, so so yes, a lot of women who present with heart attacks do so with just suddenly breaking out into cold sweat. And it's cold sweat in the sense that you're not doing anything when the sweating happens. Men do this, too. I'm telling you, I saw two last week whose symptoms of coronary artery disease, blockages of cholesterol, preventing the blood from getting to your heart muscle, Right. sweating, diaphoresis. Now, the other thing is nausea and, you know, GI <sighs> symptom. That's not uncommon at all in women. And, and basically, I've even had women who say that, you know, I've, to, I've not been able to eat for a month and then fatigue. Yeah. Okay. I mean, unexplained fatigue. You're just worn out. And there's no reason for it. So you haven't been working out. You've been sleeping. The number one cause of being fatigued is lack of sleep. Okay, no doubt. Your thyroid. Thyroid can cause fatigue. A low thyroid. But you got to be, you know, if you're in that risk group or, you know, if you're just tired and worn out and you can't do the things you want to do, go see your doctor and ask them. Give them your symptoms. Now, the one thing that bothered me is they said women – will have discomfort below their shoulder blade, so in that left shoulder blade, and in the jaw. Yes, those are really prime symptoms of a heart attack or or blockage of cholesterol in the artery to the blood. But they happen in men, too, a lot. Right. And so I don't want people to be thinking, I'm tired, therefore, Dr. Wefold says I'm having a heart attack, or I'm a little nauseated, and Dr. Wefold says, therefore, I'm having a heart attack. That's not what I'm saying. They pay attention to these symptoms if they come out of the blue or if they're persistent or if your brother had a heart attack at 35 or your dad had a heart attack at 55. I'm going to say this. Everybody doesn't want to admit this, but I think the number one risk factor for having a heart attack is family history. It is genetic. It runs in the family. So you need to pay attention to those symptoms, and they're not just in women. Atypical symptoms or more, what we call typical right. is more common than what you read in a textbook.
0: I'm going to go ahead and add drama to this week's show and maybe to next week's show uh-oh, by telling uh-oh. you I felt lousy this week. Really? Just felt lousy. Now, I've got a history of heart disease bad enough that they put stents in, yeah. but I've never had a heart attack. Right. I had the tightness in the chest. And you they don't said, have that now. I don't have that now. So I'm just telling you, you kept going on about fatigue. Yeah.
1: And that's what I've got. Okay. So let me tell you another thing. Okay. This is something I tell my patients is that the symptoms you had when you had your first heart problem right. are usually what come back. Okay? okay. So the fact that you're tired out, it's, it's you know, the, the light bulb goes off in my head. Right. And then I would ask the patient, okay, so what did you feel like when you first had your heart problem? Tightness in the chest. I that's think. right. All right. Are you having anything that even remotely reminds you of that? Because the symptoms can be on a scale of, say, one to 10. So you can have like a two of the symptoms you had, and you can say, well, it wasn't as bad. It's the similarity. So yeah. tightness. If you had, let me tell you the best, and not the best, it was not good for this patient, but I got a call from a dentist. Yeah. You know, I'm on the table here about to drill a tooth. But oh, There's no. nothing wrong with a tooth. And the guy says that when he walks, he gets discomfort in his jaw. That is a rather common sign of having a blockage of cholesterol. And you can get this with exertion, which means the cholesterol blockage is allowing blood to flow when you're resting, Mm -hmm. but it's not allowing blood to flow when you're exerting. And if you have it at rest, it means that, hey, the artery is blocked. Your heart is screaming out. But instead of the discomfort being in the middle of your chest, it's in your jaw. That's just who no you kidding. are. Yeah. Nothing anywhere else. I had the weirdest one, the right pinky, not the left pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we talked about the pinky doctor? I was a pinky doctor that day <laughs> because I spent some time and I said, well, what does it feel like? It's just is a discomfort. When does it happen? When I'm picking up in something and like I carried five bags of groceries in sure. at one time or I rushed up the stairs. Every time I do that, my pinky starts to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so I did a stress test. It was markedly positive And we did the heart catheterization. Which is bad. High-grade blockage. And we, when you hear wow. a doctor say, you got a high-grade stenosis, yep, yep. that means it's tight enough to need to get fixed. So to, I didn't put stents in at that time, and the doc comes in, who's my buddy, yeah, and he says, "What are his symptoms?" I said, uh, "I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to believe." me. <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Gets pinky discomfort when he exerts himself," so he was hesitant to do it, but he did it, and I saw the guy back in the office, and he said, "Doc, my pinky's great," <laughs> and by extension, yeah, yeah, his yeah. heart was great again, you know, so, uh, yeah. That's what's so important about the communication relationship you have with your physician, man or woman. They got to look you in the eye because, you know, you can. I can look at you right now and you can say, hey, Fred, you know, my pinky hurt the other day. The other finger you're finger. smiling and, you know, there's no anxiety associated with it. Right. Or you can look him in the eye and they say, um, I got something to tell you. My pinky hurts when I walk. <laughs> Do you get that a this, lot? And they this look of concern on their face. Listen. If your docs looking I've said this so many times. If your docs looking at the computer and not you. Yeah. Flip the computer lid down, turn it off and look him in the eye. Make him look <laughs> in. Make him or her look he in the eye. The pinky can be a sign. <laughs> now if your pinky's hurting today, well, please.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, we'll yeah. call out for the rest of the show. I'm in trouble. I uh, you know, I've been going to webmd and just checking my symptoms and there's one here, fatigue. Which apparently I've got. What is it? Fatigue.
1: What the heck is that?
0: Fatigue. It's
1: F A T A. Oh, that's like Fatima, you know, the saint. No, it's fatigue. 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 Fatigue.
0: Write it out. It's. it's,
1: I'm telling you. Absolutely. The
0: rest of the show, if I happen to do have heart attack, I know it's going to be total chaos.
1: Hey. What uh, mop that sweat off your brow?
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) What is that technical term for that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our Facebook Live studio was almost complete and then something happened so we got it all about right I'm, but
0: i'm blaming if it on I bill turn gates. this
1: on dave and you see sweat on his forehead no. call the show
0: or if i'm not actually there you turn the phone you know the facebook live you aim it at me and i am falling on the floor boom we got total we got trouble for the rest of the show we're going to talk about this fella bill gates and how he didn't go to that school. In fact, I don't even think he graduated from any college, but he certainly didn't go to med school, but he's making predictions yeah, and, you about know, COVID. The thing,
1: the thing about Bill Gates is that he works closely with my college roommate. Brad Smith is president of Microsoft. He's a lawyer, but he yeah. came in and fixed their antitrust things, and he's been there. Brad, if you're listening, <laughs> you're one of the best men I know. He's great. Bill Gates is brilliant. There's just no doubt about it. They started yeah. in a garage and they built a you know trillion-dollar business that employs hundreds of millions of people worldwide. Right. He retired so that he could be a philanthropist, and his biggest things were illnesses and preventable diseases and vaccines in Africa. Right. And so now what he's doing, and, and he's become this guru about COVID, a lot of things he says are true. The vaccine needs to be developed, and he's really working on a way to make it fair and affordable for everybody across the world.
0: All right, we're going to talk about what Bill Gates did say that I don't think he's qualified to say, and that's coming up on Heart Health Radio. All right, Bill. Bill Gates probably pro- should be ashamed because what he said—he's making
1: predictions. Okay. And let me just say this: uh, the world's worst predictor of the coronavirus pandemic was Franklin C. Weinfeld, M.D. Really? I was totally wrong. Okay. And the reason I was wrong is I didn't understand the nature of asymptomatic spread, and we all were wrong about that. So now what's happening is Bill Gates is saying we're going to have another fall. Outbreak, and it looks like we are okay, but he's also saying that the death rate's going to go up. Now, listen, the death rate in terms of the percentage of people dying is going down, right? And it continues to go down. So, if we have a really big push in terms of total cases, may the death numbers go up? Yes. But to say the death rate's going to go up, too, is a prediction that you have no reason to make. And it's just scaring people. Right. Now, the second thing I think Bill Gates should not be doing is focusing just on the vaccine. Because what, if, what did President Trump show us? OK, this guy, obese, you know, eats McDonald's. And I'm, we've talked about <laughs> sugar and yeah. white flour being a risk factor. It's a now acknowledged risk factor. Right. Because the more sugar you eat, the more white flour you eat, the higher your levels of inflammation. That's the key. The person who gets corona and has a sniffle versus the person who gets corona and stops breathing because their lungs are full of fluid. It's the difference in inflammation. So what is Bill Gates forgetting to talk about? It's the therapeutics that we have. And so – this preformed antibody that we talked about from Regeneron, mm-hmm. you get an immediate effective vaccine instead of waiting two weeks for your own body to produce the antibodies. Sure. They work. Why isn't he talking about using his Microsoft billions to, to, to help with the production of these preformed monoclonal antibodies and get them all over the world? That's what we need to do. Okay. Now, whether or not you believe that President Trump was saved by Regeneron and remdesivir. I don't care because the proof is in the pudding. He was getting sick, and the next day he was much better. Now, the other studies have shown that there's every reason to believe this is true. So while, yes, I believe in the vaccines, I think the answer to the ongoing deaths that we're having are the therapeutics. And the Regenerons and the Remdesivir. Although, did you hear the WHO said Remdesivir doesn't work?
0: Yeah, that's what uh, I heard. I,
1: you know, I wish the WHO would shut up because they have one study versus 20 studies that say it does work. And I'm guessing on the numbers. Sure. So, Bill, I love ya. Say oh, yeah, you. Say hi to Brad. It. But stop making predictions and start spending money on Regenerons vi- uh, and other companies' monoclonals and getting them out to the world. And the vaccines.
0: I worry that we have gone from a situation where we trusted experts Yes. at the beginning of this year. I mean, to a certain extent, some people were totally willing to, on the basis of some experts, reformulate the economy because they had some issues with you know, concerns about climate change. Regardless of how you feel about that particular issue, we're now to the point where we're not going to listen to a single expert ever again.
1: Okay. And that is going to the other side. But the key thing we got to do is still listen to experts, but also recognize they can be wrong. Right. I mean, anybody can be wrong. And you know the sign of a good expert? What? And Fauci should have just do it. Fauci, do this. Yeah. You know, no more Fauci folly. Just say you were wrong. When I got on uh, the TV in February, late February, two weeks before the pandemic, I announced to the country that we didn't have to change our ways because we're going to have a very minor uh, pandemic. We're not going to have a pandemic. Very mm-hmm. minor thing. It'll be a minor. Um, he should just say I was wrong, and then what else does he say? We don't need masks, and then he should say, Yeah, I was wrong. I said that because I didn't want you to steal the masks from the healthcare workers. Of course, he's wearing a homemade cloth mask at the time, which he could have told people to do. And it would have been like victory gardens in World War II, right? Victory masks.
0: All right. Sally in Pittsburgh, thank you very much for calling us up on Heart Health Radio. What's going on, Sally? Hi, Sally.
2: Hi. How are you?
0: What's up? I have a
2: question for Dr. Reefall. Fire away. Um, I had five back operations, in in between the fourth and the fifth, I produced a blood clot in my left leg from the top to the bottom, and of course, they um, gave me um, heparin for many days, but what's happening now, the left leg is constantly um, swollen, and... um,
0: Sally, is that the leg that you had trouble with?
2: Yes.
1: So the question is, why is it still swollen, or is it ever going to stop swelling? Yes,
2: yes. I want to know if it's ever going to stop
1: swelling. Okay, here is uh, the issue, Um, and this is not not an uncommon problem. So she had some back surgery. I imagine that during this period between the back surgeries, you were having a tough time getting around and mobilizing. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So what happens? The veins in the legs carry blood, but they carry it very slowly. And so if you're laying around like on an airplane or sitting in an airplane and you're not moving your legs, the blood flows even more slowly. And one of the things that causes clots is slow movement of blood. And when that happens, the clot can form, and then it can break off and go to your lung and that's called a pulmonary embolus. So, I heparin, yeah, did you have one too? Yeah, she said she yeah. had
0: that, yeah. I got a half along
1: Yeah. Left side. So that that can kill you. I mean, how many times have you heard celebrities a plane ride from Australia to Los Angeles yep. and they're walking, you know, out of the plane and they drop dead? That's why. So, heparin is a uh, chemical, it's a medicine and it makes clots not form. And so you're constantly forming clots, cutting them down, forming clots, breaking them up. So the heparin prevents them from forming anymore, and then your body goes in and chews chews them up. Now, there's another way to get rid of clots, and that's with a clot buster. That's actually a medicine that chews the clot up. Now why would your leg continue to swell? Well, here's the problem, is that sometimes the clots never go away. They just completely clot off that vein. And then there are other veins. There are about 20 veins in your legs, three or four major ones. And the other veins are supposed to take over and carry that blood flow that's no longer going through the clotted vein. And sometimes they're just not strong enough. Now, the other thing that can happen is that you can have a persistent clot that is still active and can break off at any time. So did your doctor do a second ultrasound or a third ultrasound in your leg to see what the clot looks like? You know, that's my recommendation, because you could have what's called a completely clotted leg, and that means that one vein where you had the clot is now what they call an organized thrombus. It's turned into a hard material that's no longer clotting, or you could have a clot that's still present and could clot off again, and they can do an ultrasound to find that out.
2: I have, um, I carry the um, lupus
1: gene. You carry what, please?
2: The lupus.
1: Oh, lupus anticoagulant. Okay, we've got to go to a break. Yeah, what I'm going to do is talk about the five things that can make you clot off all the time, and then, and then I'll see if you're on a medicine that can prevent it.
0: Everybody, talk to your doctor before you do anything, and stay with us because Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News is coming up next.
2: Heart Health Radio.
0: This is Heart Health Radio, News Radio 680 WPTF is our flagship station, but we are heard all over the place, including some on uh, uh, Greensboro Radio Station, Goldsboro's, sorry, Goldsboro's Greatest Hits, uh, 98.3 FM. We're also on Talk 96.3 and 103.7 on the eastern coast of North Carolina and in Charlotte, Greensboro, High Point. Let's see, Winston-Salem and, and Richmond. And Timbuktu. And Timbuk, well, it's a ministry, so you know they they probably want to be in Timbuktu. <laughs> uh, the Truth Network. All right, Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. Rose, welcome to the show. It is very good to to have you on. Hi, hi. How are you, fellas? Doing um, good. We're doing well. So the case numbers in North Carolina are up. Am I correct on that?
2: They are kicking up. Yeah, we've had um, on COVID uh, the past couple of days. Uh, the numbers have really started to bump up. Uh, Secretary Cohen has expressed her concern, it, uh, and then, uh, so we're, we're testing a lot more people, like upwards of thirty thirty one thousand people yeah. every day. Wow. They they had a um, at, at least one day this week. There was twenty seven hundred positives. Um, because the numbers are so high, even though you have these high case numbers are level of po- or number of positive tests coming back are about six and a half percent, which she's always saying is higher than she would like it to be. Oh. But, you know, um, the the good news is that the rate of death is staying about the same, but we have a lot more people in the hospital than we did. Yeah, we like t- on-
1: the hospitalizations are sorry. actually up. That's something I didn't know. So yeah, we're actually, yeah. The,
2: They've jumped quite a bit. They've jumped from about 900, uh, like 100, and, like right around 900 on uh, October 1st, and they're up above 1,100, 1,150 right now. So there's quite a quite a few people on the back in the hospital.
1: Yeah. You know, the, one thing I want to make sure the listeners understand is the difference. Well, there is no difference with COVID between a positive antibody, or no, excuse me, a positive PCR, which is the presence of the virus. It's right. called a case no matter what. So Mm -hmm. if you're asymptomatic or if you've got the sniffles or if you're on a ventilator in the intensive care unit, those are all cases. Mm -hmm. So we've got cases that 50, 50, 60 percent are asymptomatic, but they're still counted as cases. That's why when I see that – did you see that article, Rose, that said coronavirus uh, patients um, have memory problems? Okay, What I want, yeah. What I want people to know is those when they. I wish they had said sick, hospitalized coronavirus patients who've been on ventilators often have memory problem, because if you test positive and you don't feel anything, you're not going to have the memory problem. So cases Mm -hmm. are all positive tests equals a case. You test positive, you're a case.
2: Now, the, the trick, though, is that those asymptomatic people, they can still spread it. One of my reporters. Well, that's, the, that's
1: why everybody was program. wrong about how bad this was going to be, because the asymptomatics, you know, they went around kissing each other on the beach, then they brought it home to grandma, who yeah. had risks, and she got sick. So, you know, well, a case well, is a case.
0: Let's get Rose to right, tell well, that story. One of your reporters, well, what?
2: One of my reporters, she went to her brother's house. Yeah. They are all children of a physician. Right, so they they all grew up around healthcare people. She went to her brother's house, and her brother and his family and their kids. They were like, "What are you wearing your mask for? Take it off!" And she's been spending all of her time writing about this stuff, right? So she was like, oh, "I'm gonna keep it on, thanks." And so she kept her mask on, um, you know, yeah. when she was hanging out with them. Well, she comes home, and two or three days later, they're like, "Yeah, that sniffle that you know the son had, he's positive for COVID." Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: it's tough. So, you know, even
2: though he wasn't super sick, he was able to pass it to her, and she's considerably older
0: than he is. We have a – well, my mother-in-law is in her 80s. She is in Syracuse, New York, North Syracuse, Mm -hmm. New York, Mm -hmm. and we're in a really big catch-22. We do not want to necessarily bring her down, right, because we're sort of a hot spot, and she's just afraid of it. But, you know, she's in New York State. If we go there...
1: You're quarantined still.
0: You're quarantine for 14 mm-hmm. days or 10 days or mm-hmm. something silly like that. I mean, I'm, I, it's not silly, but that's what... We can't visit her. Because if we visit well, her, we're stuck in her two-bedroom apartment yeah. for the whole time.
2: Well, you know what I did when I went up to visit my mom, Dave, is that we spent about 10 days just hanging out at home. Yeah. And then we got in the car. And drove up to see my mom. And then we spent a bunch of days hanging out with my mom in her apartment. You know, we would take her out, like, for a drive and stuff like that. So we felt like we were safe because we had done our quarantine at home. And we were able to go and take her. And I think that's the way people are going to have to think about the holidays, right? You know, you're going to have to... Sort of sequester yourself for like a week, two weeks before, say, Thanksgiving, and say to all of your, you know, siblings, like, okay, everybody, now the question is if those kids are in school, like if, you know, Junior is in school, what do you do about that? So there's, each family is going to have to figure out a way to, you know, work around all of those things so that they can, you know, see mom, but also not bring her a dread disease
0: i want everybody to go to north carolina health News.org. yes you can contribute yes you can sign up for a newsletter and you can read things for free every day it's a it, great
1: it's, website
0: all right thank you rose telephone number here 919-860-9783 thank you to rose very much for being on the, the show we got a, a special musical introduction to this story you know the story is about a basic biological function, and the headline being a internet headline. How much time should it take you to poop? Well, it, sir, we've got seconds. a we got a cardiovascular uh, surgeon here and uh, internal medicine specialist. What's the answer?
1: Twelve seconds. <laughs> no. Does anyone really know how time how it time it <laughs> is? Anyway the bottom line about gut health. Uh-huh. Remember, I, people say why do you know all this stuff about the rest of the body? <laughs> because the heart is affected by everything. And I had to know a lot about gut health because we found out that you have more bacteria in your gut yeah. than you do human cells.
0: Okay. I want to know, some, know something. I want to know something. Hear this thing gut. Yeah. And gut health. Do you mean the sort of random spaces in between the organs in my body no. or do you mean inside my digestive I mean, tract
1: you know the human being is equivalent to a donut when you think about it right okay okay think about it. your mouth yeah to your anus is one surface okay and it's you know the esophagus goes to the stomach Uh huh. stomach goes to the small bowel which is 23 feet then the colon which is a few feet yeah. and then you have another hole So the skin and the outside of your body is the outside of a donut, and your mouth to your anus is the hole. Sure. So think about it. That's a huge part of us. It needs to be healthy, and you need to have a poop every day. (laughs) Now, some people maybe every other day, but you shouldn't have to strain. Okay.
0: (laughs) If you're having, let me just stop the story just for a moment. People are thinking this. We were this close to being sponsored by Krispy Kreme. <laughs> we were this
1: so darn close, close. Because to s- the human being is a donut.
0: A $100 million <laughs> deal. We would have made more than Joe Rogan, and we goofed it up. Yeah, we goofed okay. it up. So right. tell so me.
1: The thing I'm trying to say is gut health is so important. And, and you know, this is true. I turn a certain age, uh-huh. and my gut health went to...
0: Crack. Yes it did. Yes it did.
1: And so yeah, I tried to find out what it was. I mean, I used to regularly without any prompting yeah, we have got a you. nice bowel yeah. movement yeah. every day. Now, they even rank them, okay, from 1 to 6, <laughs> and you're supposed to have a 4. Okay, what's a 4? <laughs> like a banana, soft, easy to come out. What's uh-huh. a what's a 1? Little tiny poopy pellets. What's uh, the other one? Uh, the other end of the scale is when it's blown all over the the inside. Right. You want to have a nice bowel movement. It should take 12 seconds. It should not be something you got to grunt and get out of you. Now, what could be wrong? It could be eating the wrong food. So if you're eating only Krispy Kremes and if you're only eating sugar and white flour, that's a bulk and it's going to stop you up. Water. Okay. So what makes – a bowel movement soft. It's the amount of water because the rest of it is solid particles that are not dissolvable. So you got to keep yourself hydrated. And then the other thing is the actual bacteria in your gut. They've got to be a nice balance. Why are some people totally skinny and they eat 5,000 calories a day versus somebody who eats 2,000 calories a day and is morbidly obese? Please tell me. There's genetics, but it's also, they've looked. It's the balance of good and bad bacteria in your gut bad bacteria will take a a piece of bread and turn it into five teaspoons of sugar which are absorbed completely and turn into fat Yes. Yeah. some people you can look at their bacteria and they don't digest sugar at all it's amazing yeah. so it may be some people's genetics allow certain bacteria to grow others allow the good only the good bacteria to grow you know, talk to your doctor. There may be a reason not to, but probiotics can be good, and they work. Uh, I take one that is a, a a baby bacteria. It's found lactobacillus. Yeah, found in babies. The other thing that I do, and please talk to your doctor before you do this, is I went to Miralax every day. And is that what near
0: I, the Virginia Maryland border? <laughs> what I do. <laughs>
1: It's I like apple juice. Now, apple juice has got a lot of sugar in it. If you're diabetic, you know, find yeah. water. Drink water. But Miralax is polyethylene glycol. So what is that? <laughs> that is not absorbable. It keeps water in your bowels. You take a cap. That's what's great about it is it's a little thing. You pour it into a cap and yeah. you pour it in eight ounces of you know, water or the juice I use. And here's the key thing people don't do. They don't stir it till it's completely clear. Okay. Now, you could put it in coffee. Yeah. You can put it in orange juice. You can put anything. But the key thing, I put it in clear, uh, clear liquid, so I can see that it's completely clear afterwards. It's all cloudy. It's like a snowball thing that has a Christmas thing in it. Yeah. And then it turns clear. Then you drink it, and yeah. then you have some more water on top of it. And let me tell you, it's wonderful. It's not dangerous unless you have a bowel obstruction. So suppose you have a a, a scar within your abdomen mm-hmm. and it's twisting your bowel and you're not pooping for that reason, Yeah, don't do this because yeah, no. it'll just build up and build up and build up. So that's why I'm saying ask your doctor if Miralax is the way. Some people go with uh, fiber um, and so they'll take uh, a fiber supplement.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, but bowel health is so important and there are ways around it. There are medicines and we can talk about um, that helps let you have the bowel movement. You don't want to take laxatives every day. That will kill your bowel. So how much do we have time to talk about more of this crap or not? Well,
0: you know, oddly, other medical radio shows would move on. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> We'd just move on. we not. just
1: move We right did not,
0: on. We do, we do, oh, gosh, I didn't realize that. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. But but we're going to spend the rest of the show on this. hmm I don't think so. Coming up on this radio show, <laughs> how, how could corn be good for us if – I'm not finishing that sentence no, anyway, anyway. All right. We, we've got to – yeah, we've got to take a quick, quick we'll take moment a away. We're going to take a quick moment away, six or seven minutes because i got to go down the hallway. Um, and this is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Whoa! One of the happiest moments in radio, we are just pleased to bring you a list of people to shout out, including Jerry Stevens. Tell me Jerry's story.
1: Jerry's a great guy. He's been my patient for a long time. And Jerry had a heart attack years ago, got some stents. He's had to have some other stents. Jerry has a problem where when he had his bypass surgery, they took one of the arteries off the inner chest wall called the left internal mammary. He got a vein, uh, nerve problem there, so he's got constant discomfort, and so it's on the left side of his chest. It's very hard to know whether that's heart or not. But anyway, be yeah. that as it may, yeah. he you know he's diabetic and he's got high blood pressure. He's had heart trouble, so I mean he's a he's not obese, but he's a little overweight. And the key thing is that he sort of fits in that protocol of uh, President Trump, but not quite. Mm-hmm. He got COVID. Yeah. I have permission to talk to him about his medical history, so don't be calling the medical board and saying I'm spilling the beans. But he got, you know, a cough and a fever. Yeah. He felt terrible, but he toughed it out at home. And this is another prime example that people with risk factors, people who get COVID, don't all die. Right. And it's still a very small percentage of deaths. In fact, if you look at the number of new cases and the number of deaths, The death rate continues to go down, even without a vaccine, Mm -hmm. because of the therapeutics that we have. Now, Jerry didn't get any of them, but if (laughs) he'd gone to the hospital because of a low oxygen level or worsening shortness of breath, he would have gotten remdesivir, he would have gotten um, uh, medrol or the steroid, I think, and again, I'm not prescribing for him, but we need to get everybody the preformed monoclonal antibody, the Regeneron. I think the evidence is there. That it's not just one; it's the combination thereof. And okay. I think Jerry's a great guy and a great. He's listening in Goldsboro.
0: That's great. Absolutely. Well, listen. Who's uh, yeah? Who so on we, Facebook I want to shout out
1: Scotty Lutz and Jay Searcy and Helen Coates and Michael Holt and June Akafali and Duke Benson. Hey, Duke, good hmm. to know you. There's a whole bunch. I mean, I can't name them all. There's you know a whole lot of people. Um, they're watching. And Jay Searcy, he's he's probably our number one fan. Jay really? is a great one day. And Jay, if you're actually listening, call the number. We'd love to talk about your story because you've got a great heart story.
0: Jay, you got time this week. 919-860-9783 is our number. Or if you don't have time this week, write it down. Call us back next week. 919-860-9783. If you got those numbers, dial them, dial them now, you'll be on the show avocados I assume they're good for you because they have uh, absolutely no
1: taste well there was a really interesting article uh, Isadora Baum she's a cardiologist I don't know her yeah. but I am already impressed with her because she talks about the foods that she eats as a cardiologist mm-hmm. in contradistinction to the foods that Dr. Weefault eats as oh, a cardiologist yeah. but she's hit on a good one and I actually like avocados do you yeah. like avocados?
0: I, I think that they have no flavor
1: oh uh, No, they got a really good flavor. And you know how you really get the flavor out? What? Ranch dressing. Of course, you know, some people in my family eat pizza with ranch dressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ranch dressing is actually not bad for you. Don't get the light you know, that light stuff. That's got sugar in it. Okay. The ranch dressing and the avocados have no sugar. And the best thing about an avocado is the fiber. Now, we talked a little bit about gut health. I left something out, which is high-fiber diets, okay? yeah, And those are very, very, very good for you. So when I talk about greens and meat or what you should eat, I'm talking about fresh vegetables, broccoli, yeah. uh, cauliflower. Now, that's not green. It's equivalent. It's got the the same healthy background. And avocados. And they have special oils. They are not bad oils, okay? <laughs> there are some bad oils that can turn your – um, uh, cholesterol into what we call it oxidized, sort of a rusty cholesterol, and mm-hmm. that can be a little more damaging. But I think she's got it there um, because the avocado has just about everything you need. The types of fats that are great and those are monounsaturated, polyunsaturated. And the other thing is the fiber mm-hmm. and they don't have sugar and they don't have white flour so they're not turned into these sugar molecules that turn into fat. I recommend it. Now, you know who else makes avocados that I really like? Tom Selleck. Tom's in his 70s now. Yes. But he grows avocados. You know why? Because mm. they're really, really popular. Sure. And oh, sure. there yeah. are now avocado farmers who have to have 24-hour security. They got, instead of dogs, they've yeah. got, you know, I wish there was an avocado dog, but they've <laughs> they got guys with guns roaming the hillsides of their avocado farms because sure. they're getting stolen.
0: Yeah, you know Tom, what it is.
1: He, what?
0: Young millennials coming in from Starbucks. They're, right. They got a piece of toast in one hand and a knife in the other.
1: <laughs> Avocado toast. Anyway, so Tom grows avocados, and apparently he's really good at it, but yeah. he got he got really in big trouble. Avocados take a lot of water to grow. Sure. And so he was going down to the local fire hydrant and filling up a water uh, tank. Yeah. You know, those big tractor trailers, but it was all water instead of I, gasoline. And then watering his avocados. And so he agreed not to do it and he apologized. I, I
0: got an idea he was just having somebody do that for him. He, he wasn't <laughs> Magnum PI. I bet he did. was no, Not in the, guy. in the middle of the night. He's a tough guy. Filling up a big tank yeah. of water.
1: I, but he got caught. He got his finger in the avocado water. Yeah. You know. That's bad. So that is bad.
0: That well, is bad. Well, let me let me ask you about um I lost my train of thought. Let me, okay. t- m- let me ask you about um, uh, not being able to remember things.
1: Oh, that is actually quite common. I and mean, this is one of the things that I get a lot of my practice. And it's very, very tough because memory loss can happen anytime. any time. You know what I can't do? I can't remember names. Man. I, can, uh, I see patients in the uh, grocery store. And in my mind, I can look at their heart catheterization films. Sure, I can yeah, see what yeah, their right. blockages look like. I know what their LDL was. It sort of comes up in my mind as an image, but I can't <laughs> remember their name. And it's, a lot of times when you don't remember names, people think that means you're a jerk. You didn't really care about them. Yeah, no. But that tells you what memory is, is certain parts of the brain where you file things away. I no longer lose my car in the parking lot really? because I take a mental photograph. It's like a chomp. Yeah, and I wake up in the morning. Where's my car? Boom, and it comes back. So everybody's memory is different. Mine is more visual. Yeah. So, routine memory loss is what I call it. Okay, you lose your keys. I lose my keys all the time. Yeah. The key thing when your memory is pathological, going pathologically going bad. Yeah. Is when you get lost. Okay. So I have patients who tell me, "Doctor, we thought I got lost on the way to work today. On the way to your office today. That's bad."
0: I got about a minute to pick up with Bobby and Carrie. Bobby, Bobby, thank you very much for calling. What's going on? Thank you, guys. I really enjoy the show. Quickly, what's going uh, on? Uh, I'd just like to know what if, if there is something that uh, we could eat diet wise, or, or something that would help uh, alleviate or eliminate inflammation, because inflammation seems to be the key to most of. He loves he was, that topic. Yeah. Bobby let him spend okay. a minute here.
1: I I think that you're you're really hitting the nail on the head. And I just talk about one thing now that is really really big and that is purified fish oil. Okay, really? so there's a medicine and it's it's called um oh my god, Eicosapentaenoic yeah, acid. There, you, there go. you go. Memory loss. Yeah. And Vepise is the brand oh. name. And I think that omega-3 fish oil, number one mechanism is reducing inflammation. And then instead of taking a supplement, don't take something, and that's sugar and white flour. So eliminate sugar, eliminate white flour, eat a lot of fish that contain omega-3 fatty acids, and talk to your physician about vasepa, V-A-S-C-E-P-A icosapintoic acid
0: well this is the best segment uh, thank you bobby uh best segment on the show having to do with me not remembering my next question that's heart health radio on the heart health radio network Boom. heart health radio is for information purposes only before taking any action consult your doctor